everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 416 being recorded on September 7th, 2016. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. Um, I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. Welcome to the show. I feel like I was just here. The very last thing I did before I left for that vacation trip was record the podcast. Because I left Thursday morning to go oh, to yeah. uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, Virginia Beach, whatever. Uh, it was gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Came back late Monday. Like Got home at like 1 a.m. Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, did some random crap yesterday. And then all day today was moving my helping my dad move stuff. Uh, so I feel like I was just here. I don't understand how he can have anything to talk about. Nothing happened over the Labor Day weekend as far as I can tell. Nope, nothing. I guess you posted a review, uh, and Sebastian posted a review, so that's good. At least we had something to do. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. I promise we will have some interesting things to talk about. Uh, AMD Zen performance, perhaps. Zen. Uh, iPhone 7, new PlayStation 4s. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Apparently uh, everyone and their mother announced something today. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. five product announcements. I initially thought that was really ballsy of like Sony to do that. I don't think it was ballsy. I think they had the event scheduled too far in advance to change it. Uh, Yeah. Like Apple does theirs last minute (laughs) compared to everybody else in the market, I think. But, uh, what can we distract from? Yeah, exactly. Let's do it today. Usually it's during IDF. So, um, we are recording the show live at pcpro.com slash live. If you just get the show either in video download or audio download, or you see it on YouTube and, uh, you want to come participate, uh, in the excitement that is watching a show, be produced live-ish. Uh, we do it on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, and that's available either at pcper.com slash live on our YouTube channel, or you can go to twitch.com uh, slash pcper as well. All of those locations work for that. If you need a gentle reminder, we now have a, uh, a, a mailing list slash notifications list. If you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, you get this page here. And it's basically asks you for your name and your email address, and I will send you a notification an hour two hours ahead of time whenever we do some kind of live event, whether it be this or uh, a guest-sponsored live stream or game stream or something to that effect, uh, you will be signed up for that. And we do give a, uh, have a lot of giveaways and stuff uh, as well on these live streams, so it would behoove you to uh, make sure you are, are signed up for that uh, for that mailing list as well. Uh, I guess I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but if you go, if, if you use Google Calendar, I guess you don't even just have to use Google Calendar to use this, but we have... Uh, on the PC Perspective upcoming events on the right-hand side of the page, um, there is a link here at the bottom. You can only see part of it on our on our screen here where it says PC Perspective Live Google Calendar RSS. You can basically click that, and you can subscribe to that calendar, and you will just – whatever calendar you associate it into, you'll just know when we're going to do stuff. So that's another good way uh, uh, to, to keep up – with us now, uh, this is normally the time where I would say, "Hey, we have a Patreon, blah blah blah." patreoncom but We're not going to do that today. Oh, you already did. I just did it. Yep. However, what I what I'm actually going to do is uh, make a request of those watching and those in the community and, and those that watch the podcast um, to actually donate for a separate cause for something. Uh, Obviously, more important than the bullshit that we do, sure. uh, but is uh, very important to me. So this is a we're going to raffle off a GTX 1080, courtesy of EVGA GTX 1080 ACX uh, 3.0, uh, and the purpose of this is to help support my sister-in-law, who is uh, her name is Amy. She's 30 years old, very young, mm-hmm. not as young as Ken, but very young. Um, 
diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And she has two little kids, uh, Rain and Charlie, who are awesome. And, you know, they're, they're kind of your, your regular family, a t- double-income family required to get through. And obviously with uh, her starting chemo a few weeks ago, all that kind of came to a halt. Um, so my wife, uh, Kelly, set up a GoFundMe campaign for that, which you can see. Uh, if, you go to, if you go to, actually, the URL here is pcper.com slash helpamy. Amy is my sister-in-law's name, by the way. PCPro.com slash help Amy. You'll get this page here that will basically show you the contest, the prize you can win, and describe uh, what it is to do. So you can donate any amount you want. The more the merrier, obviously. We would super appreciate it. Uh, But anything $5 or more, uh, and then you submit it, uh, you know, basically your confirmation uh, of sorts through... uh, uh, the GoFundMe campaign. Put it here into this Gleam IO page, and um, you will be entered into win. So you can see here. There's a picture of uh, of Amy and her husband and the kids, and you can read uh, this little story that my wife put together about the situation there. And so, um, if you're if you're going to donate to the Patreon today, uh, I really appreciate it. Save that money. Uh, do it uh, another month, another week, whatever it takes for you, and uh, instead go with the uh, the GoFundMe campaign. Again, pcper.com slash helpamy, and uh, we would definitely appreciate anything you guys can do to help. So, so that was our raffle. This tape is totally decimated. It's not even – you know what? Here, let's, let's fix this. Get some gorilla tape out. Uh, let's see. While we're here, let's uh, go into our first review item. Intel. Did we talk about this at all last week? Was it announced, but we didn't have a review of the it? The NDA yes. wasn't up yet. Oh, there was wasn't. no NDA, Alan. Oh, yeah. There was no NDA. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 uh, we haven't posted the review yet. Okay. So this is the Intel SSD 600P. Yep. Um, Diesel one. Which is a, an M.2 NVM, PCIe NVMe SSD. Yep, just right. like a 950 Pro, basically. Uh, Same kind of thing. But it's from Intel. But it's from Intel. And it has their 3D NAND on it. Okay, so is it any good? Uh, it's good as long as you're not benchmarking it. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was kind of our discussion over the last uh, week or two. Is Let me see that thing. Um, is that it's actually a really good drive, but it's more difficult to show that it's a good drive? It's, it's, a, good, it's a good drive for light use. Like, it's meant to be Boy, a budget that's drive. that's exactly why I'd buy a PCIe no, no, SSD. Here's the thing, though. You, like, on a computer doing typical stuff is light use, is the thing. You don't know what I do on a computer. No, seriously. Like, even, <laughs> I don't like, want to know what you do judgy. on a computer. So, so this drive starts to, and, and that's the 256 gig capacity. And at that capacity, it starts to kind of choke if you do sustained writing to it over about, like, 150 megabytes per second. So if you're just, <laughs> but where are you going to get stuff? In a typical person's then, computer. Then why are we still? Then why aren't we using SATA two SSDs, Alan? That's not the, the the latency is much lower in this thing, and it does like much faster and it reads. Can burst. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Um, it, you know, it it does like no, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. It's not edible. Um, well, I mean, everything's edible if, if you try tr- hard enough. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, it'll it'll do over a gig per second reads. It'll do 500 or 500 plus meg per second writes. For as much of the SLC cache that it has, and for that model, it's somewhere around I think seven gig. So the okay. reads on it have we have no concerns over. No, it's good overall. It's just as soon as you overfill its cache, so okay. you have to have written 
in the case of this capacity, you have to have written more than seven gig to it at like several hundred. So essentially, you don't want to use this for frame raping. Uh, no, frame rating, this would be a poor drive to use for frame rating. Yes, be, that is like the worst case scenario for writing for to a any, drive. For right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's say I keep my Steam library on a hard drive and transfer <laughs> over the game I play to my SSD. If it came from a hard drive, you probably wouldn't have a problem. Okay. That's that's yeah. the point. Like, even Ryan brought what that if up. I use, what if you use Josh's slowest? <laughs> then, then you would run into a problem. If you have, so that's basically your threshold, right? If you're a power user enough to where you might be bulk transferring large amounts of stuff from another SSD to this one. Like, repeatedly. Right. Like, I'm not talking just the first time you get the thing and you move your Steam library over to it that one time. Like, just, you know, as long as you know that there's a thing where it's going to go slowly if you try to hammer it with gigabytes and gigabytes of data all in a row, then just do that, like, before you go to bed or something. It'll be done, like, in an hour or two, even it, at the slow speed. Yeah. It right? just seems crazy to me to, like, buy a new SSD on new technology that has that limitation. Yes, I do agree, and I had, I've had a call with Intel, and I fed stuff back to him. I gave him a whole bunch of results that I'd done even before we did our review. I, I talked to him, and I was like, look, you know, this is... If it didn't have this issue... So what, what page be... can I look at that will show the problem? Uh... This page? The, any of the, like, yeah, like the... the sequ- any of the sequential stuff. Any of the sequential stuff. So, you know, like... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's really, really I'm, bad, I'm actually, interrupt but that's here. HD tech. Oh, what? Josh is going to interrupt everybody. Oh, okay. I, I am. So, Ryan, hold that up again. Uh-oh. Yeah? How many, how many gigs is that? It's like two. Josh. That's 256. I mean... Don't be, how spoiled are we? Don't be an old man, Josh. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this. Don't be an old man, Josh. The 950 Pro has been out for almost a year. I yeah, know, I know, but still, I mean, if you consider the 950 Pro and this and the price points we're hitting, it's like, wow. Technology advances. It does, <laughs> and, and sometimes we become a little jaded. That little thing, that, that thin little waffle <laughs> that Ryan is holding. Is a 256 gig SSD that, you know, for any kind of usage, you're you're watching YouTube, you're doing Microsoft Word, you're doing Excel, you're doing some gaming on it. Right. It's just going to be so instantaneous because latency is incredibly low. It's got great burst bandwidth. And until you really start hammering on it, like, well, I'm going to record a video at uh, 4K. And I'm going to stream it to this damn thing. I, I mean, I'm not going to stream it for long, mine, because it's only 256 gig. But that's it's still it still boggles the mind how spoiled we have become so, with the performance around us in I/O. Okay, right. man, are you done? Yes. So, so if you're using this thing for Steam and you already had your games <laughs> on it, then the results would look something like what's on Ryan's screen right now, which is just your bulk read speed. So the top result. I mean, it's doing, like, you know, almost a gig and a half per second. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's respectable, right? It's not, like... It's really... It's good. It's, it's not really awesome, good. but it's respectable, yep. right? It's decent speed. I mean, it's um, faster than N850 Evo. It's faster than um, any SATA SSD sure. that we're going to put in there, right? Yeah, it's multiples but, of any but SATA it's, SSD. it's the 950 Pro that it looks bad, too, right? Sure. Um It even actually beats the SSD 750. It does. Right? Yep. Which was the, the add-in card. Um, 
All right, but then scroll down a little, and okay. then we run into other issues, which is where I think a lot of the other reviewers, as they test these things and publish reviews, so any, anybody listening to this podcast, you if you came here listening to this, you might be listening to it on account of seeing a crazy review somewhere where people were just kind of crapping all over the drive. Right. Right? Because when you do sustained throughput, which in the past wasn't that much of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Most drives in the past were SLC or MLC, or they, were, they weren't doing any kind of unique tricks with cache or multiple different speeds that they would go. It just, the drive was what it was for the most part, right? Sure. If it was going to write at 550 meg per second, it would just do it. Yeah. Basically, right? Right. Uh, but this is using TLC, and it doesn't have that many dies of TLC. Okay. So the, those those dies in those packages for that for that 3D flash are 48 gig per die in TLC mode. Mm-hmm. That's a 256 gig drive. There's only six flash dies on the drive because there's three packages. There's three packages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not you know you're not able to become that parallel with only six dies on a drive. Okay. Right? Um, and Intel's Intel slash Micron's first generation TLC, like their 3D flash running in TLC mode is not the fastest, right? They're just, sure. It's just, that's, it is what it is. The right? nature of that tech. They wanted to make it cheap, not fast. Right. At least for the first round. Right. Okay. Um, so as soon as you start to do, you know, bulk rights to this thing, it yeah. kind of trips on its sword. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and it, it, it wouldn't be that bad. Let's see. Yeah. That's really, that's a pretty good example of it. Um, this one is, yeah, there's, that's during the file creation and then file copy test. So to the left there, that like left third of the throughput that you see down like here. Down, yeah. Ooh. There's your throughput for like the file creation and it's doing like around 550 meg per second and it kind of hiccuped in the middle there. Right? right. Then it tries to start doing a copy and this is from the drive to the drive. It's just co- reading and writing to itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, probably not something that a regular person is going to do. Like right. You're not just going to make another copy of, like, 10 gig of stuff right. on your SSD just for fun or something, right? Um, so that's a test that, you know, used to be something that it, it kind of didn't matter if you did it to a hard drive or an MLC SSD or whatnot. But if you do it to this particular drive, which does not like to operate with its cache full, mm-hmm. it just falls flat and it's it it starts to get a little bit stuttery it does not perform great okay okay um but you just have to remember that okay as long as you are not ever putting it in that condition it's gonna be speedy <laughs> that's the thing yeah it just sucks to, have to put the caveat on it at all right? I, I, like know, if, I know like if you look at this graph okay admittedly this graph bad. is an old benchmark it is but it's basically doing a sequential write it's yes. not a it's not a complex thing that we're doing to it here. Nope, it's not. It's above the WD Velociraptor. It's above the hard drive. Yes, it's above the hard drive. It's above the hard drive, and that's it. You you beat the how many eight year old hard drive now? What right. Is it? Yeah. Now, but to be fair, you're crossing. You're into like almost 300 megs a second. Yeah. 280 megs a second writes, which is probably okay for most of the time. It it. But but what's what I think what I think we need to point out here is like the latency side of this, right? Oh well, yeah. Anything <laughs> that's yeah. not great. Either. Not on that one. How about where's the good graphs, so, Alan? So the, those are all also benchmarks that are continuous in nature. Yeah, yeah. So this okay. like this this white jumping back and forth line at the bottom is bad. Yes. Now that being that said, that purple line at the bottom 
it's still way better than that. Yeah, that, that there is a line at the bottom. There, there. is the, this is the Velociraptor down here at the bottom that it's, basically never leaves it's, zero. It's just yeah, the but, axis. But how many right? times have we looked at these these iometer charts to indicate SSD performance? Yeah. And now we're sure. looking at it, being like, oh, that doesn't matter. Like it's a double standard. It so is. the thing you have to realize is that if I were to run yeah, this that. test yeah. in a manner that only hit the drive for a burst of a few seconds at a time, mm-hmm. and then produced that plot, the plot would look very much like the other drives that were good. Right. Okay. The, the problem is just that when you catch it, like, you know, in a, in a continuous writing fashion, which is kind of unrealistic for what Intel was planning for it, that's even what they, we talked about on the call. It was like, you know, in their validation, the drive didn't choke because they were never hitting it with. Does- they were always hitting it with what they viewed were just regular workloads in a regular person's computer, right? Sure, sure. I mean, that's do why they, it got do they put it. that anywhere in the marketing material for normal uh, computer what users? Do you mean? Well, they no. I mean, they just not like, intended for the other use. Like it can, it can do based. a gigabyte a second until. <laughs> It's pricing based, right? Until it's, you yeah. hit six the, gigs, the price is supposed to be that indicator. All right. So fortunately, we happened to have a test that we rolled out a few reviews ago mm-hmm. that tries to emulate like consumer and, uh, usage. And, and, and we didn't we didn't design this to be like light consumer users necessarily. I have a three hundred megabit. I would consider this to be a fairly heavy yeah. normal consumer usage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted and to something- be fair. We developed this. Not like in response to this <laughs> no, drive being out. We developed it way before yeah, a couple of reviews ago. In order this came to, out, yeah, yeah. yeah, we didn't even know that drive existed when yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when yeah, we did yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have 300 megabit down at home, and I tried okay, like the Steam download. What does it look like? And I had a capture of that, and I downloaded like some like Linux ISOs or whatever, just large fast BitTorrent downloads, yep. right? Just to see what is what does it look like, and we logged that. And I replicated that with our um, new paste testing that we can do right. with with like the latency percentile stuff that we've been working on for years now. Um, Did you get that from Intel? No. Oh, this is all in house. All this nice. testing. Um, so basically, I'm replicating what would be a 300 megabit continuous download, just like a pegged 300 megabit connection, uh, while trying to do what would be kind of sort of like game level loads or just anything that would load some data from the SSD. So during this test, it loads just bursts of 200 megabytes of data, I mm-hmm. think is what the, what the reads is, um, while simultaneously doing what most applications, like how they would write uh, random data to the SSD. And I'm being even more random than a typical BitTorrent download would be. So I'm being harder on it, okay. in other words. Right? Okay. Um, well, and, look how that compares. Yeah, and look at how... 850 yep. Evo. Well, compared to an 850 Evo, of course it's going to be better. It's NVMe. And it's well, PCI, not, not necessarily of course, right? We just showed all the instances where it wasn't that much better than that's an 850 true. Evo, right? There were plenty of other instances where it was significantly worse, <clears throat> right. in fact, right? Yeah. But for this test, as hard as this test is on the drive, it's not hard enough to put it in that condition where its cache is full. Right. Um, yep. And as long as you're not in that condition, as these results show... It does fine, right? Um, I don't know if Intel can fix how it behaves once the cache is full. Like, there there have been other drives before that had a cache mm-hmm. that was hey, able to fill. Th- the only way they can fix that is double the size of that cache. No, no. I, yep. They just need to change the behavior of what happens when the cache is full. Because a drive like... So, we don't notice it anymore because we're kind of no, spoiled. I mean, we're, we're talking physical limitations of, of the 3D 
NAND. No, it's not that. It's it goes beyond that. There are there are drives that use cache systems like this that do not behave it, this way. It goes it goes beyond that, Josh. This okay. drive becomes very inconsistent. It's not just writing straight to the TLC once the SLC cache gets full. That's what the problem is. It keeps trying to write to the SLC cache while in the background emptying it as best it can mm. to the TLC flash, which yeah. means it's shuffling data. It's playing musical chairs within the SSD with data while it's trying to also receive data from the host. Right. And that is what makes it perform so poorly. Um, it, let, let me ask you this as well. You yeah. Do it. No, I, I, I really, I apologize. I know I sound like I'm a windbag and I kind of am. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. Maybe. But what is the longevity of this SLC cache that's in the front? And what happens over time? that potentially you're going to start getting bad clusters and, and, and portions of that. I would, I would say that flash operating in SLC mode can probably outlast all of the flash on the rest of the drive easily. Okay. There yeah. you go. That's, I was going to say my life. But. Yeah, I mean, even, <laughs> even if everything being written to it was going through the SLC to get to the TLC, which is what the case is. Like, it's SLC mode, you're talking, like, very, very small fraction of the wear, like, um, or the, you know, the endurance is much, much longer when it's running in that mode okay um so there have been other drives that we've been spoiled on in the in the past because now they've gotten so fast that you'd never notice when they go to tlc mode case in point like an 850 evo 500 gig or higher it doesn't matter if you've run out of its cache it still goes 550 right. meg per second because its tlc is just that fast um did you notice slow down on an 840 evo when it went to cache? yeah see that's the thing the, and when we reviewed the 840 evos they were slower flash Right, and you would see that they they would slow down. The difference was they didn't become stuttery, because when they filled their SLC cache, they just said, "Okay, cache is full. Forget the cache. Yeah. Just write the rest of it straight to TLC." Right, and so the speed ended up being very very consistent. It was just like a, a pure TLC SSD at that point. And as soon as it went idle, the SLC emptied and did it all in the mm. background. This drive is doing that background thing in the foreground. That's the catch. That's what's causing it. All of its heartache, yeah. right? It, it, it finds I find it difficult to give Intel the benefit of a doubt on this when the 840 Evo did this shifting I, correctly. I Everyone know. knows how it kind of ha- how it works, and that was 2014. I know they should have been able to figure that out by now. I yeah. don't think there's like patents on like you can only move data in this particular way between. <laughs> I don't different... know. Patents suck, but uh, I know, but <laughs> I, I don't, think, I don't so. even think it's that bad here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, just doing like timed. Um, kind of guesstimates on how long it seems to empty its cache, this drive, mm-hmm. in the background, it seems to be doing it at like between two and 300 meg per second. So that would mean that the TLC speed is somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. if this drive was handling that event properly when the cache was full, it would probably do two or 300 meg per second. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not doing it that way because it can't do it at that speed while the host still has data coming into the cache at the same time. Yeah. Basically, you're asking the SSD to do three different things at the same time. It's not very happy about that. So, yeah. Kind of like me. It, yeah. So, it's, 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 it, well, so, go ahead, Ken. So, it's a 50, the SSD is what, like 50 cents a gig? No. No. It's at the 512 gig version is 37 cents a gig. Uh, it's 37 it's, cents it's, a gig. It's, it's for a lower NVMe? capacity. It's like 50 cents, isn't it? Isn't uh, like, the one terabyte will be 35 cents. Yeah. Not isn't. I think like the uh, 128 is 54 cents. Okay. 256 gig is 40 cents. That's the one I was thinking of. They're, yeah. At all capacities, this get, is super cheap. You get 128. Gig I didn't SSD, realize it was that cheap. Okay. 128 yeah. gigs for 69 dollars. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. 256 for 104, 512 for 189, and one terabyte for 359. And not um, just that, but like selling like on launch day at Micro Center for like within yeah. five bucks of that. Right. So that's an, even another point is like, wow, this was actually on the shelf. Like, yeah, right so it's it on launched. Amazon. The 512 gig version is 199 Um which is, that, is, is that even uh, cheaper? No, it's. Oh uh, wait, they changed this, didn't they? Yeah, uh, it's ten dollars over the street oh, price. Okay, did, but it's, did it's close. Did you just say one ninety nine? <laughs> Josh, what did I say? <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, and thank you. Uh, yeah, so that's the point of this whole thing, right? It's How much like, is the nine fifty Pro? I think when we, I don't remember that. The 950, 950 Pro, like Pro at one terabyte is like 350 bucks. They don't make them at one terabyte. <laughs> Try again. No, 512 gig. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, it's like 320 yeah. bucks. So it's yeah. a, it's a hundred and something dollars more. Yeah, we did the math this. And, and this drive was like 60% of the price of a 950 okay. Pro. Okay. I, I right, so it's almost remember. half the cost. Yeah, I know we had this conversation right? last week, and I couldn't quite remember it. it not only not only is it almost half the cost, but it's running into the pricing of many SATA SSDs yeah. as far as okay. cost per gig, right? I mean, you'll see some that dip below like $0.32 cents a gig on like sales on 850s and right. whatnot, right? But like this is pretty close to that. Yeah. If you can get a terabyte M.2 NVMe... Yeah, or that, thirty-five cents a gig. Yeah. It's damn close. That right. takes the steam out of my argument. I thought it was a more expensive. Drive. See, that's the yeah. thing. They're going for now. I really wish it didn't have that glaring issue. That I still believe that most people are not going to run into it. You put this in your parents' laptop, they're never going to hit this issue. I think but if you I'm put this in my laptop, I'm never going to see it. Any of our office systems that we're doing regular stuff on, maybe not the video editing machine, but like sure. every other system, yeah. even in our office with the, I mean, we're arguably kind of power users. We would never I hit superpower user. Yeah, we you. would never hit that condition. Ken's not a power user. I, mean, I, 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 I want the two of you, anytime you transfer a file over 150 megabytes in this office, to put tick mark on a whiteboard. I think you might be surprised. Over 150 megabytes, megabytes a second. per second? Yeah. Never. That's not never. I can't even On the tell. network, we, we don't go that fast. It, it can't go that fast over the network. We go 110 megabytes yes, per yes, second. Yes, I know the speed of yeah. gigabit. Thank you. But like, Well, then what's the question? Like from external storage and stuff? It happens. It's absolutely it's happens. super infrequent. The, honestly, the it, this I don't think this would be a bottleneck. So, like the biggest bottleneck for us is uh, reading from SD cards to take a twelve gigabyte file off yeah. of the camera. And, and those usually cap, the even thing. the fast ones we have They're cap out at like ninety, megs, yeah, 80 like or, 80 or ninety megs a second. Yeah. So but, even then, right? And that's like we're trying. Sure, I'm always trying. But I'm glad that's trying. not the fastest SD card the, you can buy. So the only thing I could think of is if I'm using like a Samsung like T1 or T3 mm-hmm. over USB 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, I never dump like more than like what huge stuff am I dumping onto my main system from dumping. that drive? Right. <laughs> I dumping. See, that's my point. Like it's I, I, I mean, never. What, what if you're dumping like a 12 gig movie across? Because okay. you have this 256 gig movable drive, so maybe you have some big files on it. Sure. And then you're mm-hmm. like. Most yeah. of it will go fast, and you then have all for the this, last two yeah. seconds, it'll go slow. You have all of this fancy tech. <laughs> really slow. And, like, when really you try slow. to do... Like, you have all this, like, modern, yeah. fancy tech. When you start trying to do complicated stuff that yeah. older tech can do, it slows down. No, I, I get it. I get it. No, I'm, just, to- I'm totally with you. And I really wish that that drive... It just feels so backwards. I told Intel on the call, like, this would... If not for that issue, this would be, like, a default recommendation for M.2 drives for me. But that issue prevents it from being that. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to say, but every time I recommend it, yeah, right. Because there's this gotcha, 
And I was so frustrated. And I was like, this would be so awesome, especially at that price. Like, I would have no excuse. Like, it would be very hard for me to recommend, like, a 950 Pro to somebody with a drive that's almost half the price. Yeah. But without that issue. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Frustrating. I wish it was a perfect thing. It's not. You know. Well, guys, read the review on PCPro.com <laughs> uh, if you need more than discussion than just this that we had for, like, God knows how long. An hour and a half. This so. graphics card performs really well unless you run it for 12 hours straight, and then it gives you a fifth of the frame rate. Yeah, but it would be like... How often I'm, do you game for 12 hours straight? Exactly, but you would still pay in the graphics card. I'm trying to think of what, like, <laughs> what, a, what an analogy would be. Like, if you... So it's like when you try to overperform it, its performance it's not drops performing it though but it's like if you do like it's, extreme it's stuff to, it's like it's not like time based it would be like it, it's kinda, if you were trying to render i mean i guess graphics cards do this all the time if you try to render 8k it's going to go four frames per second if you're going to render 4k it's going to go four frames per second you're like well dumbass don't go 4k right go to 1080p and that, that's like what makes the example it's more not difficult, a really good analogy what yeah. makes the example way more difficult even going to like the samsung p3 Right, sure. I would have to transfer probably thirty or forty gig worth of data to this from a Samsung T3 because it would only do about three hundred meg per second from that. Yeah. See, the point is that it, it stretches it out. Like you'd have to go five hundred meg per second to really get it to the point where you run out of the cache quickly. Mm-hmm. If you're going a little bit over what its what its kind of you know crappy number is, yeah. it takes you that much longer to fill the cache because again, it's still emptying it as best it can right. in the background right so mm. yeah i don't know it's such a pain in the butt anyway thing. that's our review the technology intel, is awesome intel ssd 600p yep. look for that uh let's move. go take it out back and smoke that stick <laughs> uh sebastian posted a review as he often does of the fantex enthu primo enthu primo full tower case now i want to take bets here did sebastian take this photo uh sure no i would say yes no I'm, he I'm doesn't have a back, black background we'll wait for There's we need mark. we need confirmation there is a watermark and that's kind of the tip off right <laughs> is that yeah I, I think he wouldn't watermark a picture he didn't take so we'll see in he there may have photoshopped it uh yeah you yeah. took it on white box and that's true the it could have been a white box and and, and cleared it out so yeah. uh into primo his, though is with fitted a different with a, aluminum <laughs> faceplate uh so this is a full tower case black with blue leds um it's got a unique look to it it kind of looks like it's like sideways you know what yeah, i mean a fancy side yeah, yeah. It, it There's does. all your buttons and inputs hidden in that little. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. All right. Yes, Sebastian took that photo, and he has a black backdrop. Thank you. He says in the chat. Lies. Lies. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's an interesting looking case. It's pretty big. Um, so this is the side you got the window on there. This is just Aaron takes, and, and, and like one side of it looks pretty good. The other side looks, I don't know, odd to me. You know what the best part about. <clears throat> What is Sebastian and uh, um, well, I know what the best part of is Sebastian that every is. case you send him, he gets another R factor of insulation in this house. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Winter is coming, so that yes, will be very important is. up there. It in is coming. 
Because <laughs> it's like R97, which I think is pretty good. Unfortunately, he walks into his basement, and it's just like... It's like that he has scene a little from, tiny tunnel. It's that scene from the end of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Right. Where, like you know, he's walking down just this little narrow passage, and there's just like rows and rows of case boxes. You and got cases. five cubic feet of space left now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just enough to do podcasts from. It's all I need. <laughs> it's all he is. It's, it's the little podcast corner in his basement. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm going to send him phones next. You only need little tiny spaces <laughs> to test phones, right? Ryan, so. could you please send the boxes too? I need the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is a, getting cold. It's an interesting looking case. Uh, lots of space on the back. I mean, look at the drive bays on that. It's got what's it got? Seven on there, right out the gate. It's got optical bays for Josh. Five. Mm-hmm. How many? How many mounting holes? Five does it have? optical bays. No way. It was five. Look at this guy. Like a fan controller and two opticals and all. Oh. And, and side extracting bottom. F- Filters? Side access filter. Unless that's oh. oh, I guess that's the window side. Yeah, that's windows. Well, yep. it would be yes. unfortunate <laughs> if that wasn't. Depending <laughs> which way you got. It's like it's up against my wall, my wall, but uh, so the window is facing me. Oh, wrong side here. Uh, let me look at the results real fast, and then uh, I want to get a price here as well. So I mean, it's it's a, that's a big case. That's a full size ATX build. In there with an, uh, a Corsair water cooler. Oh, he's got a nice, like, red sleeving oh, yeah, action going yeah. on there. There's no power supply in that picture. <laughs> so, well, where the hell <laughs> wait, is that? Wait a minute. Where's the power supply? Sebastian. Is it, is it a rear mounted? Is it, is it rear mounted? Uh, it's it's duct taped. Oh, look at oh, that. There oh, there it is. Is that a small four factor power supply? Interesting. Mm, it kind of no. looks like it. Nah, nah I mean, it's, it's short. It's like a 500 to 600 water. Yeah, the case must just be so big. Those are it nice. Those are nice yeah. cables, guys. Those are nice. Wow. Yeah. Notice the uh, a, reusable zip that's ties. That's a bigger case than you think. Oh, yeah, it is. That's that monstrosity. Well, I mean, look, there's the ATX motherboard in yeah. there. Look how much space you have above it oh, yeah. and below yeah, it. Yeah, that's another micro. That's ATX. Oh, like, right. No wonder right, right, right. That's a regular ATX late. motherboard. I did see a comment on the story complaining that, like, if you've got a case this big, why don't you just go ahead and support, what is it, 10 slots Oh, on the motherboard? Yeah, and I think that's probably a, yeah. a valid argument. Because what's that space where the power supply might be used for? Water uh, cooling? Yeah, paraphernalia. Paraphernalia? What you is know, it? Yeah. Porn? My stash. <laughs> this is and... this is a tobacco accessory storage. Oh, I, I could put at least here. two keys down there. Okay, Sebastian, oh, yeah. just say it is a huge, huge, huge. Case. huge. Huge. Uh, good so job, there's, guys. Good so job. there's that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a pretty good performer. Beaten only uh, by the Rio Toro Prism chassis in terms of uh, CPU temps there. Uh, and it actually does better. Yeah, I mean, it might as well be an open temps, test bed so. with how big the case is. Uh, no. <laughs> Someone, a room look at there. that photo. Someone says it supports two PSUs. Oh, pretty. Oh, really? Yeah, you can. Huh. Okay. I, I think Fantex is the one who has that PSU combiner thing. And this oh, may be what that right. case that's for. Uh, it can use two power supplies yeah, to yeah, run yeah, one yeah. system. Hey, Sebastian, go test that part of it, too. Thanks. <laughs> if, you, if you took it apart, put it all back together, you're going to need twice as much sleeving now. Average noise levels and cost. Uh, what is our cost on here? Um, what was it? Like? It's $1 million. Man, he should put that in the conclusion. 229 is steep yeah. for an enclosure, and noise levels will depend greatly on component selection, given the lack of noise insulation. Fairly minor complaints. It's pretty cheap uh, for an addition to your house. Award. For an addition to your house? Yeah. Yeah. It's 129 yeah. bucks. That's where we're going to move the new studio for, to. For a new guest bathroom? This chassis. Yeah. So check out, 
Oh, a server in the bathroom. <laughs> That's racist. Well, where do you keep yours? The church does have a, both a women's and men's restroom. Yeah, that which is just board so one Ken. up. Which is way over <laughs> board one up. It's just for the <laughs> It's very unlikely that I will ever need dual restrooms. No, right? you got a kid. I want to put a, a female. I want to put a shower in the other one. Yeah, like the big one. Why would? Oh, yeah. It's like if like run or bike yeah. to the office. What are you trying to say now? about women when a woman comes to your office and tries to go to the bathroom? I'm, no, and there's I'm, just a no, shower no, no. standing I'm in the middle of the. I'm going to be progressive, and I'm going to get a sign that says unisex instead of men or women. <laughs> it's just like it's called bathroom. It's okay. not like there's stalls. It's an individual use bathroom. <laughs> oh, so. I see. But I there, the there are significantly and that's large. That's the shower. Right. That's the turlet. Tur- tur- like. oh my God. <laughs> and when you stink, oh you go in that one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is most of the time. Uh, all right. Let's get into some news items here. We do not have a sponsors for this week, uh, other than reminding you, obviously, to go to pcbr.com slash help Amy yes. and uh, uh, contributing to that GoFundMe. We really appreciate it. We've had a lot of support on the page so far. Um, leaked, geek, leaked geek bench results. Oh, yeah. AMD Zen performance extrapolated. So apparently, uh, right before the weekend or over the weekend, um, a Geekbench result for an AMD Zen processor. We think. Uh, I mean, it's a Zen processor. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was posted. So Geekbench is one of the things where, like, you run a, a simple test, does some synthetic performance analysis on your CPU and other things, uh, and then it uploads the results. And if you don't tell it to not upload the results, sometimes you might accidentally upload results. Um, for a product that you're not supposed to, hence this. Um, and it was a uh, kind of you know an engineering sample prototype, 1.44 gigahertz, a very low clock speed um, system. I mean, it was great during Thunderbird time. It <laughs> <laughs> was thoroughbred. That was a good processor. Yeah. Um, although, didn't the Thunderbird go 1.4 and the Intel go 1.44? Because they're like mm-hmm. the, the AMD bus speeds were 100, right? And Intel's were 133. Something like that. I'm going to go with that. That sounds relevant. Sounds right. So um, what we did was, if you look at this graph no, 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 here. Wait. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I think 4 went to 1.4 and 1.5 at release. Though the uh, the, the Pentium 3 never went above 1 gigahertz, correct? Uh, no. Unless the, there was a couple of. The P3 of, went of, over it. The, but they it was after the Pentium 4 was released. Yes. And I'm sorry that I've derailed this. But yeah, it was did. a lower process node. That Pentium 3 was put on, yeah, they, they did have higher, but they never went to 1.4, 3, 3, whatever. 1.44? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Google Fair enough. Yeah, here. Um, so basically, so here's, here's a graph, and there's three lines on it. And what we did was the blue line is an Intel Xeon processor uh, running at 3.6 gigahertz. Uh, this is another Geekbench result that we, that we just took off of their website. It is an Ivy Bridge architecture Base Xeon processor. Ivy Bridge or Ivy Bridge E? Well, it's Ivy Bridge E, but sure. it's Ivy Bridge art, like microarchitecture. Sure. Just in, in terms of like there was Haswell yeah, and Broadwell yeah, yeah. and now Skylake. But Skylight, just so we right? get an idea of where the performance sits. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's a, and we're only looking at single threaded results at 3.6 gigahertz. The, the light green line is the result from the leaked Geekbench score. Yep. And then we just basically extrapolate it out. If we assume perfect scaling from 1.44 up to 3.6. I mean, for CPUs, that's usually Yeah, it's fair. usually pretty close. Yeah. Right? But what, what I'm saying is, is like we didn't like say, oh, minus 10% no, for no, no, no. 
typical scaling issues. So that dark green bar is the theoretical Zen processor running at 3.6 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. And um, as you look through these, like the, the first result is actually fairly positive for AMD, but I'll, I'll, I, I question that one in a second. Uh, and then you go through all these different kind of algorithms and, and, and capabilities that are very common kind of c- synthetic CPU uh, benchmarks. It does get very close. It gets close in some instances, right? Yeah. Like if you look at uh, Canny, it's close. Um, but if you look at uh, the Dijkstra, SQL Lite, HTML5, you know, uh, uh, histogram equalization, PDF rendering, um, it, it, it's it's falling kind of behind. It's, it is consistently behind, I guess, sure. is the story here. Um, and if we look at the relative performance, Zen relative to Ivy Bridge. Um, it is ahead in AES. Okay. Uh, ties basically in, in Canny and uh, there's another one down here, uh, Gaussian Blur. Uh, but it basically is behind. It is somewhere between 70 and 80% of the performance uh, of, uh, of Ivy Bridge. And um, I mean, we weren't necessarily expecting this to like, come out and beat necessarily beat well, Intel. Right? Remember that two weeks ago. Or so, AMD did a demonstration where they had uh, a Broadwell E yeah. 8-core processor going against a Zen 8-core processor, mm-hmm. both at 3 gigahertz, and the Zen 1. Oh, okay. It was a Blender rendering uh, test, but there's only one application, right? Sure. So, um, and none of these directly translate over not, to what no, the Blender thing would have no, been. So, no. yeah. um, so what's interesting is so the, there, there are a couple where AMD really wins, like memory copy, memory latency, memory bandwidth. So memory bandwidth... I put it in there. I almost didn't want to, but uh, memory bandwidth, memory bandwidth will not scale. scale with frequency. Right. Yeah. That or, not very, <laughs> or will not. Uh, it, it does still beat it even. Even unscaled. Yeah. Unscaled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, keep in mind the, the Ivy Bridge is using DDR3. Yeah. And oh, okay. the, uh, the Zen is using DDR4. Memory latency. You know, that, that doesn't scale. That's not going to change with frequency necessarily. It may, may a little oh, bit, but not a lot. You, you, want, you want the wrong and way. And I went the wrong way scaled it. <laughs> Oops. I just multiplied everything by the same number. <laughs> Latency is like, so much worse. I it's going think faster. memory copy is not going to really... Uh, it may it may it may depends scale. On it's what, not going to scale. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Depends on what memory it's copying. If it but, did, hey, good for it. Right? Okay. Um, so, so those aside, I mean, well, the rest of them are computational The rest of them things. are... are, are computational yeah. just algorithms doing, doing right? math yeah so what do we take from that i guess at the end of this josh i mean is this this is not an indictment of a product that's not released yet but it is interesting information to look at and it allows us to now start to question okay will zen will this be the performance levels the kind of basically what we're looking at is ipc like yeah. what 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 kind of ipc do you expect right and then i did the 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 napkin math and um in order to bounce between 95 and 105 percent of ivy bridge the zen processor would have to be clocked at about 4.8 gigahertz <laughs> right well, and so that's probably not going to happen right so I, I am curious josh what are your thoughts on on uh, this type of extrapolation of, of results well it's yeah, there's a couple of problems with this and uh your problem the first is that this is <laughs> a system based on a two Processor. I mean, two socket. Yep. Uh, each one, thirty-two threads, sixty-four threads in total. Yep. We don't know a lot of the basics of the motherboard and whatnot because 
this is not going to be a you know next quarter or two quarter product. This is a full year away before we see these you know two P Naples. I think it's Naples, right? Yes, the server nomenclature yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of work to be done. And I'm I'm not trying to sandbag here and say that you know AMD is going to come out and have this fantastic thing. And these you know initial results are going to be you know they're going to just crap, but we're talking pre-production hardware by a year. And I mean, the stuff works, and that's great. You can benchmark it. Outstanding. But what all is going to be done in between now and a year from now that will improve this? Now, obviously, 1.44 gigahertz is slow. Uh, I yeah. would expect the final clocks of these products to be in the 2.6 gigahertz range uh, for you know the full Naples each chip. So... You're going to expect that. Uh, we don't know the clock speeds of, you know, kind of the Uncore that um, uh, my uh, Intel used to talk about. So that's L3 cache, memory controller, and uh, whatever thing that they use other than hypertransport at this time. We haven't had a whole lot of details. Right. Um, and so that's, it's it's an interesting data point. But it's a very, very early product. And I remember back in the day with the original Athlon, Firing Squad about two months, a month and a half before the official Athlon launch. I mean, not talking Athlon 64, but Athlon. They received a motherboard and chip, and it performed awful. It was far slower than the Pentium 3 uh, per clock. It was like a 350 or 400 megahertz sample, and it just was awful. Just everybody looked at it as like, you know, why would I upgrade to this from a K6? Because it's just crap. And uh, so this is the grain of salt that we're working with. It yeah, is, it's extremely, extremely pre-production. I mean, a year away. And at least it works and you can benchmark it. But we don't know what the final performance is going to be. Right. It's, it's obviously going to be better than what we see here. But we don't know where the limitations are, where the the you know the different clock speeds of the different parts of the chip. Um, obviously, going to DDR4 memory is going to be a plus, and they're going to have multiple controllers doing that. But there's a lot of questions we have about the fabric, uh, the interface between the two CPUs and their sockets, and what we will see. So, yeah, it's it's a nice piece of data. And we know that AMD has a lot of work to do, but they've got a year to do it with a new architecture. So hopefully they can, you know, get it up to spec. It seems like a lot of ground to make up to. It seems like it seems like a decent amount of ground to make up to catch up to Ivy Bridge. Looking at these yeah, but results, it's, it's only clocked at one point four four gigahertz sure. at that they say. And the plus, dog, I did my scaling. What's that? I did the scaling. You sure did. No, I, I think like a fish. Like, yeah, I, I think there will be changes in performance. I think it, yeah. it's a, it is a long shot that if these results are not fake or or some from from some fundamentally flawed platform, um, for them to make up the difference. And keep in mind, this is going against Ivy Bridge, and we have since seen Haswell, Broadwell, and Skylake iterations of IPC. Right. So even if you're taking five percent. Each IPC generation, you have three more five percents, which by my carry the one fifteen percent more IPC on top of that from the Intel side. Uh, if, if clock speeds stay the same there, so 
Oh, there's uh, also one very interesting piece of the puzzle we're missing. What's that? The price. Uh, well, sure, yeah. Sixty percent of the Broadwell E. I bet you it'll be less. Uh, so, I mean, four months to a dollar could actually look even more attractive. That's kind of the place they're in right now, though, with Opterons. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're, and, well, we sell them super what, cheap. What, what I do kind of worry about with this is like. I don't know the the buildup of excitement versus the actual result. It needs to be level, right? Mm-hmm. Don't set expectations higher than you'll actually be able to hit because it will only backfire on you. Do on you know a, who you're talking about here? No, I know. Like, and they've done that. Like, they do this. They're the, used to it backfiring. The, R, on the RX 480 was kind of this, right? They set this probably unrealistic expectation. Had they just been more realistic about what they put forth. People would have come away super, super excited about it. Um, and, and I don't want them to do this here because it's a very important product, uh, not just for them, but for the entire industry and like our ecosystem and our viewers and readers and all that other type of stuff. So uh, I want it to do well in, in there. And so um, we'll just have to keep an eye on it. We'll see more leaks like this in the coming months. I'm quite positive. Uh, and so we'll just have to follow up uh, with more of that as we go. So. There's that. Uh, we'll run through some of these quick things. Um, Sebastian posted a news release on Corsair's announcement of the Carbide Air 740, a.k.a. this looks like a bunch of hard drive bays to me. Um, yeah, it does. Like when I first saw the picture, I thought Corsair released a NAS device. It's not. <laughs> no. It's, it's just it's, the design. It's even eight of them. It's like a perfect it's like. <laughs> I mean, you could try putting hard drives in those slots. I just, don't think just, it will work. Just cut that mesh out of there, and then you're good. Hot swap yeah. all day. Yeah. Well, not really. No? Why not? Well, because there's oh. a backing on it. Because this thing is for cooling. Holy it, moly. Look at that. It's freaking obnoxious. They are saying, uh, and I'm just trying to fight it here, uh, eight 120-millimeter fans or seven 140-millimeter fans. Yep. Either a top radiator of up to 280, a floor radiator of up to 280 millimeters, and a front between 240 to 360 at the same time. There is no or in that. Let's just throw it all in there yeah, look and at that it picture. Fits. That's um, impressive. It, it's a, a little crazy. LED lighting. There, that is good LED lighting. If you get the right angle, you can probably make it hover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. So it's a $149 case, um, so it's a little bit pricey. Uh, we have one of these in, but we didn't. I didn't have time to, to mess with it before uh, the launch time frame on this. Uh, but oh, this is going to be able to fit all of your coolers in there yeah. at once. This is, uh, I guess, it kind of takes the cube design. What was it, the Air 540? Yeah, and yeah. there's the 240, which is the... And the 240 is the, the mini ITX. Is it mini? Yeah. ATX, I think. Is it? Micro ATX. Or a 400 Oh, I think it's micro ATX for I that think one. So. Um, and so they clearly have this subcategory of cases that kind of go through this form factor and all. Um, so it, I, I think it's pretty interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see uh, what the kind of build-in uh, experience is like on that. So that's the Air 740. I think it's available now. Uh, but like I said, we'll have a review up it up of it relatively soon. Another thing that we just got in and, and barely spent any time with is the new line of Logitech products. Um, they released... I guess they launched these at PAX last week. Um, a new mouse, keyboard, and headset, uh, the G403 Prodigy, 
Prodigy is the branding for this new line. Uh, and the, the angle they're going with the, with the Prodigy line is low cost, low barrier to entry, like not complex, not um, like what's a hundred buttons on simple. it. Yeah, like simple. Like, hey, if you're getting into PC gaming for the first time or you're a PC gamer that is like using one of those crappy king with your PC OEM keyboards and mouse or a wireless you setup. Need, like, you don't need all yeah. the bells and whistles, like, necessarily. But you still want, like, a decent performing, you still want gaming performance yeah. level products, right? So this, this is what they're going with. Like, doesn't so need a number pad on the side of it for your thumb to... This is not, correct. You know, yeah. Uh, interestingly, so the, the G403 comes in two models, a wireless and a wired. Uh, the wireless is 99. The wired is 69. So a reasonable cost for uh, a gaming mouse. It actually has the same... Uh, um, optical sensor in it as like all their top end mice, like the G nine hundred and uh, was it six o two? Is it, I forget the, the trailing digit on that. Um, the wireless version uses the exact same wireless technology as the G nine hundred. So it's uh, in terms of where they they've talked about the the wireless latency being less than some wired mice. Uh, yeah. Uh, that type of stuff. So yeah, like, all that is built into the ninety nine dollar version of this. I think the G nine hundred was one ninety nine. Yeah. For for a mouse, so uh, you're getting all that tech. The uh, design of the mouse is actually, if it looks familiar to you, I don't think they use the word, but it's an Intel mouse. Uh huh. It's like the classic Microsoft Intel mouse so design. Take a picture of it next to the Intel mouse. Uh, do I have one over here mm-hmm. still? Is it Everyone's the, got one. The red laser. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. If you've got computers, look around. There will be an IntelliMouse <laughs> somewhere. Uh, it, it just happens. It does have RGB lighting. Uh, I do like the the RGB lighting in like the middle of the scroll wheel. It's kind of interesting, as opposed to only in the logo that is underneath your palm the entire time you use it. Uh, so there's that. The G213 keyboard is an RGB keyboard. It is not mechanical switch based. It is membrane based. Um, but it actually types pretty good. I used it. I only got to use it for probably 30 minutes or something like that before uh, I had left on my trip. Uh, but they make claims about it being, you know, four times faster than a standard keyboard with a two millisecond polling rate and, uh, quote, gaming optimized keyboard matrix to prevent ghosting. Although, you know, we have to do some testing on what that actually means. And, you know, hopefully the, the WASD keys are on different areas of that matrix and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that type of stuff. Uh, let, me, let me quickly ask you this. You may ask. Have you gotten in any of the mono price blue switch keyboards? No, because no. they're about eleven bucks cheaper than that. Uh, and they're blue cherry or like what is it? They're blue derivative. Cherry blue, yeah. Are they actually yeah. cherry or switches or, are they derivative? or what's the other guys that are just coming up now? I don't know. There's a third one that's popped up. They're, these are like the cherry reproductions. Regardless of whether they're knockoffs or not, they're mechanical switches sure. as opposed to the memory. Sure. Um. Yeah. It, yeah. The the cost that the issue. This keyboard is also sixty nine dollars. Seems pricey. You think that oh, seems steep for an RGB? But the monoprice one is fifty seven bucks for RGB just blue. mechanical. I thought you said it was just oh blue switches. Switches. Yeah, it's I RGB gotcha. backlight. I gotcha. I gotcha. For- yeah. Yeah. Um. There, I mean, there's going to be some of that, right? Especially if you look at uh, brands like the ones that are monoprice would bring over and that type of stuff as well. Um, you know, you got you have to look, you have to look at the trade offs on that stuff too. They, they, I mean, Logitech has like really good software integration and stuff. If you're into that, if you're into the RGB controls, I, I'd like to see what the software looks like for that monoprice RGB yeah. keyboard. I guess we know well. somebody that uh, works there. I don't anymore. 
Oh, did he? Did he? Yeah. Is he no longer working no. there? No, no, Steve oh. is not. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you know, but it was worth a shot. Uh, and then also that finally they had the G two G two thirty one Prodigy gaming headset. It is again sixty nine dollars. Uh, no RGB components whatsoever. Only orange. Lame. It's only a, orange. Only orange. It is RGB. It's just it's just O. No RGB. Just O. Um, it looks very familiar. It's kind of like the similar design style of like the G. What did I say that was before? Again, the nine thirty. Yeah, I think. Uh, but upgraded uh, uh, audio on these. It's not the same kind of copy and paste over from that. They are analog only, um, so they have. Oh no! They use a headphone port. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, but the benefit of that is you can <laughs> attach them to your PC. Uh, and they come with an adapter as well to attach to your uh, Xbox controller, your PlayStation controller, or whatever. So you get, uh, what is it, four pole through all the way on on that stuff as well. So the, I listened to them very shortly. Again, this is just a preview. We're, we'll we'll do more testing on them. They were heavy on bass, yeah. as most kind of consumer gaming style headsets tend to be. Uh, but but decent and definitely better than what the the previous generation of Logitech low cost headsets have been. So um, you know it, it's interesting to see them kind of go after this market because I, to me I'm used to getting pitched on here's a new keyboard it's 180 dollars or here's a new headset it's 199 dollars and it's mm-hmm. wireless and it has all these lights and dials and buttons and all that stuff. You can get the wired mouse keyboard and headset for 210 bucks. Like all three of those accessories, so it seems like an interesting uh, a deal. Uh, so I'm going to be replacing these on my main system going forward uh, in order to report back with uh, experience on uh, the the Prodigy line, if you will. That's like a great just round of stuff to put on like the low end system build, or just like parents yeah. buying a PC for their kid for Christmas, yeah. or you know, just you it's- just need a reasonably cheap but good. You know, three things. And, and I know here. there's always going to be cheaper options. Uh, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of personal preference, especially with things like mice and keyboards and headsets. Um, so so when you plug this in, does it start singing smack my mouse up? <laughs> it should. It should have like a little power on sequence. It's like, yeah. boop, 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 smack boop. my badge up. Yeah, they should do that. Uh, <laughs> Razer updates the blade and blade stealth. Um, I guess with, what are we looking at here? Cabby Lake? GTX uh, 10 series? I think one, one of them is. Like... What are we looking at, Jeremy? Uh, well, you're looking at uh, a Pixel Addiction, apparently. No, you see, essentially there's two. There's the Razer Blade, yep. which is the full-out one that you sort of expect. Um, so it's got, uh, what is it, a 1060 in there, okay. and a Skylake. Okay. So it's a little bit more beefy. It's a quad-core 8-thread. Skylake. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So it, it's beefy, and it's kind of what you expect from a razor blade. Right. Now the blade stealth is Cabby Lake, and it uses the onboard uh, HD six twenty. Okay. So it's tiny. It's oh, light. I see. Long battery power, but they've both got that Razer Core plugin mm. for your uh, external GPU. Gotcha. So instead of going crazy and giving you a huge laptop that has a really, really beefy GPU in it, mm-hmm. they're giving you the option to buy the extra little portion to plug sure. into, which makes a little bit of sense on the blade. But for the blade stealth, you know, something that's uh, sitting at about, uh, what is it, three pounds. You can carry that thing anywhere you want. Yeah. Do all your work. 
because huh. the 620 is going to be just fine for work. You get home, thunk it in. Now you're connected to your 4K monitor. You've got the 1080 or the 480 going in there. And away you go. So that it's mm. sort of a little different than what they've done previously, but interesting to see how well this will sell. Yeah, I... The 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 core, which I actually more I think about it, it doesn't make any sense as a name. Like core would be like mm-hmm. the name of the laptop. Yes, right? and the, yeah. that'd be the razor. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, mm. the the external GPU dock they have cores actually, I it's gaining steam. Like I see more people referencing that specific one and talking we about it. We saw a couple at QuakeCon. Yeah, we saw a couple yeah. at QuakeCon uh, at IDF. Um, Intel is demoing, demoing it on like nooks and that types of those types of things, right? So they're they're catching on. Um, I, my one concern is, I don't know how big of a concern it is. I don't think any of the either of the VR vendors have qualified any external GPU docks to be used with VR. Not that I've heard of. So, uh, and the assumption being that there's some kind of added oh, latency oof. with the frame transfer. Yeah. So. Really. Yeah. What are you looking at, Ken? Well, it makes sense. Oh, that's if you're trying to go back through the laptop and then HDMI, the HDMI out. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I mean, no matter how good you're uh, duplicating that PCI connection, it's well, if the frames, still not right there. Yeah, if the frames are being transferred back over that same bus. And then, it's going yeah. back and forth. It's it's yeah. interesting. Well, you could plug the, the headset hand, into the graphics card. Yeah, if you could do that, it should just work. Yeah, well, they don't tend to have... It's I, the same path. Like yeah, it's the, but remember that guy at QuakeCon had the issue. He was using issue. it on an unsupported laptop, so he was having a bunch of driver issues. But he yeah. eventually got it to work. He did? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I, and besides, about? who is here isn't going to suggest that there'll be a Razor Core VR at some point? It could oh, be. There probably there will be. Could be. I was looking at the price of the Razor Core. Yeah, and how much is that? It's 500 Four, bucks. 500 Yeah, well, you get a $100 credit when you buy... The, buy it with the laptop? Yeah, but you're 1500 1400 bucks in at least without the graphics card. Yeah, but the thing is... Oh, for the laptop for the stealth, the core, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're paying between a grand to two grand. So you're already dropping in more money you know, than most people would. Yeah, but there are like MSI thing. gaming laptop options for 1400 bucks that can True. play games at 1080p fairly well. Yeah. yeah. You know... I'll be honest here. I have zero experience with the Razer laptops. Um, I would like to try one of these out. I guess. I guess I, I can. I should try to get in touch with them. But like the Razer Blade Stealth seems like an amazing product, right? Uh, yeah. If if you like again for that it's, combination, it's the laptop of, I've always wanted. Right. Yeah. In theory, <laughs> like, it would be yes with the dock. Yeah. Right. I want the thin and light for me to travel to China and and wherever the hell I'm going to go, and then plug it in at home to the dock and and be done and have like an actual gaming rig so until you're yeah, when you're crashes. wandering around if you drop yeah. two grand you got a terabyte ssd and a 4k display yeah, i so don't want a 4k it, display it, it ain't time. too bad yeah. if you want it yeah if you don't yeah. want it then yeah yeah 128 gig drive is not enough to hold many games so. no no you, you should get one of these and tell me if i should buy it right okay uh, looks like we have one here um, that wasn't on the rundown real fast. This is the Mini ITX Antec Cube designed by Razer as well. Um, oh, this was Razer Packs. Oh, I see. Summation. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So they designed <laughs> this case with Antec. It looks like It looks that. like a TIE fighter. It does look like a TIE fighter there for sure. Like it's a really that? big radiator. Is it supposed <laughs> to sit like that or is that just open? That's just open. No, okay. it, yeah. it's just showing you the, those, the, the side panels just sort of lift and click off. 
they're, they're the... stupidly easy to get off. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's an upside down mounted motherboard. Yep. Based on this photo. Okay. All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, looking. it is freaking huge. It's it's like about oh, really? two foot long by a foot and a half tall. So it looks small form factor, but it's just a really and, big fan back there, I guess. And yeah, huh? But you got a lot of space. They'd like their green LEDs, guys. Antec really likes those like hundred and eighty millimeter or, or yeah. larger fans somewhere. Oh, okay. So they might have yeah. put one of those that back could there. Be that. It could be just throwing That'd you be off. Impressive. Maybe. Uh, no idea. What is this called again? This is the... Oh, they don't doesn't really have... The Antec Cube designed by Razer? That would be the entire name, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, no name or no pricing availability or anything like that. Um, it's a thing that might be coming. slated to begin next month and maybe available by the end of the year. So there you go. Uh, what else we have? Uh, oh, how about a GTX 1050 rumor? Oh, okay. We've, I think we've seen this before. No? Is this a new screenshot? Um, Scott posted this up. If you like looking at heavily watermarked GPU Z screenshots, um, not just one watermark. No, no, God, no. Two. Yeah. It'll have, uh, if this screenshot is correct, we're looking at four gigs of memory, 128 bit, uh, memory bus, 768 shaders, which is the same as the GT- GTX 950. Although this is clocked, uh, apparently 15% higher, uh, and is running 15 Watts lower power. Um, th- that's kind of disappointing, right? That it would have the same shader count, but only 15% higher clock speed. I feel like we've, we're used to with the 10 series parts, there being this huge gap between, uh, like the 980 to the 1080 and the yeah. 970 to the 1070. Um, I feel like this is something we've seen in the, in the past, right? Ken, we're like the, 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 the 450, the 550, the 650, like they're not as impressive upgrades compared to the high end. Is GPUZ, the market. is GPUZ getting those numbers direct from the card or is that in the lookup table? Those would be, uh, I don't know the answer to See, that for just, sure. It's worth asking the question, right? Because you don't know I think, for sure. I think it's, it's getting that information from the card. Okay. Um, like what their max boost or whatever number is, and th- I think the clock speeds it definitely gets. Okay. Um, the 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 things like shader count and ROP count might be questionable. I think those are lookup um, tables. But you know, I mean, you can see things that it doesn't know it's leaving blank, whereas things that it thinks it knows, yeah, it's filling in. So you want to put some kind of, of credence to that. So uh, the Although idea it, it is looks that like we're somebody, at a, it looks like somebody blanked some of those out on purpose, like the name. Is oh. Blank. Yeah, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Um, 2.1 teraflops of compute performance, if all these specs are correct, which puts it in line with the RX 460, which is the Polaris 11 GPU, which is probably exactly where NVIDIA would want this mm-hmm. part to uh, to sit. So yeah. uh, if this is a thing, I imagine we'll, uh, we'll know very soon. Uh, so let's talk about those announcements that happened today. Apple announced the iPhone 7, the iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, this is interesting because it has the A10 SOC. Didn't we see a leaked Ge- Geekbench result of from A10? A10? Yeah. We saw that yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fast or slow? <laughs> Bigger or little? It was, as, it was faster <laughs> It was faster than the no, iPad I mean, Pro. I mean, which core? <laughs> like, uh, that's not how yeah. Big Little works. It's, it's just, faster than the MacBook Pro, just put it in the fast too. ones? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, so this is it's a new SOC, A10. It's a new design that is Apple's first foray into the big little 
type of configuration. They've varied all the times before, right? They have been single core designs or not single core, uh, but dual core, single but type of core, single architecture. Yeah. yeah in there. Um, yeah. So the A10 now offers a pair of high performance cores and a pair of high efficiency cores, uh, that Apple says require only one fifth of the larger pairs power. Um, obviously it's similar. Did, I didn't watch the event today. Did Apple pat themselves in the back a lot for this design decision? No. It was, really. it was no? very okay. courageous. <laughs> Super courageous I mean, that they finally took out the uh, <laughs> the mini jack. Oh. Yeah, that too. I mean, they were patting themselves on the back. You couldn't see it because it was wireless padding happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about that. I mean, no. they, they wouldn't, like, chip details they don't spend a lot of time on. Just, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, other new specs: it does remove the headphone port, um, so they can fit their so they can fit their Taptic engine, courage. which is that that's, that's what's is that in its only place. For by the, the way, home button? it's not haptic; it's taptic. it's taptic. Is the taptic thing only for the home? Button? It's a bigger vibrating thing now. Yeah. That yeah, it looked it, wide on the diagram they showed because yeah, it's like a big puck or whatever. So I mean, your phone currently has one of those, so it does force touch feedback. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. But they're okay. also using that for the home button. Gotcha. It's fine with that. Isn't physical. Yep. Um, we all knew this was coming. I mean, yeah. it's not a shock to anyone. People yeah. should have made their peace by now. Upgraded cameras look really cool. It looks like the resolutions of the screens stay the same. It's not yeah, OLED. Yeah. It's still IPS. It's uh, The screens are capable of DCI-P3 color space now. Yeah. Uh, what's that mean? It's HDR. They call uh, it up. okay. It's, it's, a ve- it's about the highest color space that a consumer monitor, or even a pro monitor, like it's... Yeah. It's a very, very high color okay. space, wide color space. 25% greater brightness. I wonder what they're using to make Look at these sweet the wireless uh, ear pods, though, of course. Did they say how much those were going to be? $129. $169. Yeah. $169. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah, no thanks. Like, people use ear pods because they're free and included with their iPhone. And, and it's going to include... still doing that. It's going to include regular ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, the, the idea that somebody would want the exact same audio quality... For $169? Well, see, the thing, we don't know what those sound like is the thing. They're going to be identical. But they're probably not going to be on train. They're going to be the same. I do like that they have the battery lifespan. They they supposedly do noise cancellation. Sure. That you can adjust the amount of on the phone, supposedly. Noise cancellation on the headphones or on the mic side? No, they... There's mics on those, and and they will use those mics to do noise cancellation for... Is it... Well, okay. Open yeah, ear noise Bose, cancellation. That's, that's exactly how your Bose works. Yeah, yeah, but open yeah. open ear sure, yeah, noise get cancellation sound. You can get it a lot better. Like not great. I think I think something like that might sound much better if like I think somebody makes like an insert or something like that. Like, like kind of seals your ear. Like kind of like more. seals it a little more. Like I think that would just be much they better just for use those. Wax. But yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> you just keep them in for a few weeks in a row. No, <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about that. I was thinking like this: the stuff you put in your ears when you're going swimming. Oh, oh you know, okay. that kind of wax. I, I guess toilet it. bug says it's five hours of battery life yeah. on the earbuds. Yeah, they said they, they said, said five hours. I, I said eight. No, they said five. Okay. I, I thought that was kind of cool that you could just like use one. So if you just do like Bluetooth, like a typical Bluetooth headset thing, like you're just talking on the phone, you could just so does it know when it's in your yeah. ear? Yeah, okay. it has like an IR sensor on both of them. Yeah, that's oh, what the, okay. little, the little the dot is, is okay. a, like an IR. I was going to say that's the only thing that looked different in this instance, yeah. but now it's not different. <laughs> I know why at least. Uh, I can feel I'm in you, so I'm going to sound great. Sebastian says um. they're using RGBR backlights. Is how they're getting the color gamut. Oh, because he did. Oh, I did really? hear him say like the reds and the greens will be 
better. Yeah, well, that's well, what, so it's like. I mean, P3 has a much, oversaturated monitors well, and phones that we've seen, like like the. Uh, uh, it's not oversaturated. Yeah, but I, I think Apple like. Apple's better at like implementing crap like that, so it's not like you're going to go to a web page that has a red and a green on it, and those are going to just be like, oh my god, they're just so saturated. Like it'll be normal color space for just you're just looking at something. It, it, it's but if you're looking cut. at a photo, like that you especially one you took with the sensor in that, which is supposed so to be, would be context aware in that instance. Yeah, it's just it's aware of the the content. It's content aware, not context. It's like so what the are you content showing? would have to be utilizing that color space. Yeah. In theory, like Alan's Alan's iPad has his iPad Pro. Yeah, has, this has that screen, and these like these reds or whatever's on the screen isn't just like super blown out. Sure, yeah, no, but that's if, true. But if I look at like if I looked at content that had okay. you know the greater had the data there, yeah, which they're saying like their new camera is capturing that content. Now. Yeah, that's their other claim is that their their sensor, which is just the Sony sensor that's like also in the S7 supposedly. It's like the same exact specs. Yeah, as far as the sensor mm. goes, uh, they, they the, say they have some weird proprietary DSP chip doing stuff and stuff and stuff. Yeah, I bet if I talk to Qualcomm, they say they would say that their DSP chip oh, does pretty good stuff. They too. absolutely do. Uh, pre-orders start on Friday. Prices starting at six forty nine, going up to three thousand dollars. Yeah, they doubled. Um, they doubled all the memory for the equivalent prices compared to last. So generation. instead of sixteen sixty four one twenty eight, it's thirty two one twenty eight two fifty six. And Ken and I were complaining today because they took out the sixty four gig one, which is like the right size for me and for Ken yeah, apparently. Uh, I as guess. Well. Yeah. You know why they went from sixteen to thirty two? Because. Just flash People, memory dies well, or just 32 gig well, now for one too. die. So it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I was at the Apple store. Was it yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a couple days right? ago, I think. And I, I, I was, I smashed my iPhone screen two days before they announced a brand new phone. So just it was like, really great. Okay. Uh, and anyway, I, I was sitting there at the support tables, right? Yeah. And I was waiting for my phone's screen to be replaced. Also known as the tables of the crying women. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just listening to the to the the people and what they ta- tell people. Yeah. Right. Like, um, uh, <laughs> like he said, I. What did, what did he tell me? Well, I complained about my battery issue, about how it kind of shuts down in like the twenty percent range sometimes, and the fifteen percent range sometimes. I would just power off. Yep. And he goes, Yeah, you know, let me do a battery diagnostics. And he's like, Oh, you know, your battery's at eighty nine percent of its capacity. We we don't cover it until it's at eighty percent. And I'm like, Okay, well. It's clearly happening at 20% or above sometimes. What's the issue? It's like, well, sometimes it depends on what you have installed on your phone. And I went, <laughs> nope. No. no. <laughs> you just, did you really just I say said, that right no. back to him? <laughs> I said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, that's not, that's not Apple how. Apple does not give you that amount of access to the operating system. That's not how electricity works. <laughs> it's not. Right? Really. Like, oh, God, you installed Pokemon Go. Power shuts you, down. You like, installed a thing that uses the CPU. Oh, wait. Yeah. No. So... I, there was there was another thing uh, I can't remember what it was, but there, he was talking to some woman about something. Oh, like how the backups work or something to that effect, and it was like why he, she should never buy the 16 gig phone, blah blah blah, because of some capacity. I don't know. It was it was it was funny to listen. Oh, I like okay. to listen to people silly arguments support. they were trying to make. So it was kind of like I was working at the Apple store, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did, and I and Ken and Alan mentioned the crying women thing. I did have like I came in with my my iPhone. I said, "Hey, look, I broke the screen. I want to pay to replace this because I'm an idiot." But the battery sucks too. I want to get my battery replaced. And they're like, "No, sorry, man, can't do it." Whereas the woman who sat down right next to me 
who like said she bought this phone brand new from Verizon, but the guy said, no, it's definitely not brand new. And like, she started to cry a little bit and Mm -hmm. she was like, okay, I'll just replace it with a brand new phone. And I was like, what, what? Yeah. It's like a $600. And you get a new phone. Yeah. I wanted an $80 battery. You should have brought the kid. I should have brought the kid. You're right. An $80 battery. Do you know how much a battery actually is? I don't know. Like 10 bucks. Yeah, but it's a service. Like $80 to replace the battery. Yeah. Whatever. And $129 to replace the screen. Did you get the battery? No, I didn't. Okay. No, he didn't. New phone coming out in a week. I just, well, I mean, he got a screen. Just, yeah, but the screen will affect. If I'm going to sell it or give it to somebody, yeah. it, it was it was destroyed. Um, Sony announced a new PlayStation Four and PlayStation Four Pro. Uh, the PlayStation Four, the new PlayStation Four, is like a slim. Yeah. PlayStation Four. It's two ninety nine now. Um, available September fifteenth. Yep. So uh, the day before the iPhones, and then the Pro is a product designed to piss off the people that have just bought a PlayStation recently. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but Sony acknowledged this was coming. In, yeah, they like, did. May, but so. they were going to call it the Pro. No, that, no, they announced that no, a new, but, faster PlayStation yeah. Four was. I coming. get it, but now you're calling it the Pro. Like everybody else, oh, that guy, you know, you're playing against some other guy. He's on a PlayStation Amateur. That's why I beat him. You know, like what? I mean, seriously. Now we know why it's, Alan got the iPad Pro. Now everything is answered. Yeah, yeah everybody else is just on an Amateur. Um, it looks stupid. Yep. Yeah. It's like uh, who was it? I don't know if it was somebody in our chat or somebody in the in the comments called it the triple layer cake. Mm. Yeah. It, it kind of uh, looks like it could yeah. be from Blade Runner. Yeah. 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 It's just like I don't like this was your new PS4. For, they were going for kind of. And a they basically modern-y. took the original PS4, added another layer on top of it, and said now it's another. What do we call it? So like a long rectangle. So like the PS2, long, the no. PS2 had that accent to it, except they were just thinner ridges to the out, outside. Yes. Right? So yeah, it's yeah. like they just you know low res yeah. those ridges or something. So we we've talked about this product before. This is the what used to be called Neo. Um, it is a uh, unspecified speed bump on the CPU. It's a new GPU rated at 4.2 teraflops, which is interesting because that's. 2x what we just saw the GTX 1050 rated at. Yeah. Um, but it is 30% slower than what Microsoft announced as its Project Scorpio, which is something that's coming out, when do they say, summer 2017 or something like that? Yeah, you got a while to wait for that. Yeah. Um, There'll be a PS6 out by then. So it does, this is interesting to me I read about. So it supports 4K resolutions, <laughs> but it does not include a 4K Blu-ray player. Nope. Which is what everybody expected this to be. Because right, remember when the PS3 came out, it was like the Blu-ray player yeah. that like yeah. that saturated the market. Yep. It was the cheapest yep. and it was the best. For a long time, it was the best Blu-ray player. Hey, hey guess what? What's that? The Xbox One S does. It does have? Mm-hmm. It does 4K. Wait. It does 4K the, Blu-rays. The Xbox One yep. S that I have over Xbox there? Xbox One S 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Huh. The thing that's been free. sitting over there for, huh? you know, Blu-ray, a standard that Sony helped invent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this doesn't do it. No, that's crazy. In- interesting, interesting thing they're doing is they said they will release an update to enable HDR on the original PS4. Yeah, so four two two, probably four two zero. It doesn't need four K thirty. Oh no, HDR. HDR. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but just different color space. Yeah. Yeah, but like. That's that's kind of interesting because it's an HDMI 1.4 display controller that they are updating to HDMI 2.0A and HACP 2.2 uh, somehow. 
I mean, well, it, 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 it's fixed does, hardware. That does could, it like wait? It's probably doable. Does it you need two point oh a to output HDR color space? Absolutely. Oh. For, for a TV to connect on HDR color color, color space. You okay. wonder if they overbuilt the HDMI interface and controller, and now they can just change the firmware. I mean, they probably just got one off the shelf from AMD, right? Nah, like, not uh, Sony. Like like one that AMD uses. I guess it, it's I it's probably the type of thing where. It's it's possible to upgrade these devices, but it just requires a lot of firmware development. And yeah. Yeah. Sony has those people, and they've sold enough PS4s, and they want to make it a goodwill thing and sell some TVs. They, they no, no, do no. it. They don't want to make it a goodwill thing. They want to sell some TVs. They want to sell TVs. Yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, so that's the that's the PlayStation Four Pro is what they're calling it. It will be available November tenth for three ninety nine. So a reasonable price increase or a reasonable price point. Um, which is that where the PS4 launched at three ninety nine? I think so. I think so. Um, so it's nice to see a two. It's a two point three x GPU perf difference between the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. All the games will be cross compatible. There are no exclusive PS Pro game, PS4 Pro games. Um, You'll just get higher they frame rate. Said yeah, you would get smooth. I would assume more consistent frame rates. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sure they still peak at sixty. Most of, the, or whatever. most of their games are just trying to go. They talked 60. about things like. Uh, sharper images in the VR and PlayStation VR when it launches this winter. Which okay. is sharper images or higher frame rates, which is interesting. Yeah, I imagine the game developer will get to decide. Yeah, or maybe. But why would you let your VR headset? It might be doing not 40, always be. It might be doing forty-five instead yeah, of ninety, yeah. but still ninety for the you know. Um, yeah, for the refresh warping, for the late warp. Yeah. No, no, it's it's interesting to see. Like, I think this is cool. Like, I want to see it. Also, in terms of the four K stuff, don't expect there to be four K rendered games. There will be some, I'm sure. Yeah, they'd have to be very primitive. But they'd have to be pretty primitive, based on like the fact that we have these massive GPUs in the PC and still doing four K at thirty is is tough. It's yeah. tough to do with with reasonable image quality. I, I so that they're, they're, I forget the way he put it. Like, they're using the same. The same textures and targeting a 4K render instead, like they're not like oh. it, they're using the same the same scene and sort of just rendering it at 4K instead of okay adding detail. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. If, if, if the textures easier. were then already a super higher a, a higher resolution, they were being like rendered at that already and then downscaled. Yeah. Well, like like well, whereas that. with most PC games, when you go to 4K, you'll bump them. The textures, like mm-hmm. you bump with the quality. Yeah, you're usually using more here. memory and yeah. all that type so of stuff. So. They can get away with it a little more, yeah. it seems like. Huh. Any thoughts on the PS4 Pro guys? I know we've talked about the Neo stuff for a while. There's really nothing new here, but it'll be interesting to find out more about the SOC they use. Obviously, <clears throat> it's probably going to be 14 or 16, most likely 16 nanometer. And uh, yeah, they've they've increased the uh, the stream processing of the uh, graphics portion, so it's a bigger yeah. chip uh, in terms of transistor count, but may actually be smaller in die size. Yeah, I assume this is this is a, a, a fourteen nanometer part, right? I think it's TSMC sixteen. Oh, okay. That's okay. What the Xbox was. Okay, yeah, they're probably they're probably both made the same spot then. Um, and I saw a note from like PlayStation sent out a tweet that said it was using some of Polaris tech and beyond, which was interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I were to hazard a guess, the beyond is something like a display controller or a video <laughs> processor, not like some architectural sure. thing. 
Um, that oh, is next graphics core next. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The PlayStation tweet reads uh, GPU based on elements of AMD's Polaris tech and some beyond hashtag PS4 pro. Huh. So, so some some tech is beyond AMD and just sourced from somewhere else. <laughs> right. It's just into the ether. Yeah. As just well. other people, yeah. other other companies and stuff. Uh, Aliens. <laughs> yes. The uh, Qualcomm. So this speaking of PSVR and other things, Qualcomm is joining in the VR fund as well, uh, announcing the VR820, a reference platform for a self-contained, freestanding, wireless, you know, VR headset as the name would imply it uses the snapdragon 820 processor um for it this is what it looks like here this is what it looks like on the back side and they're basically building this as a reference design for oems and uh people who might want to produce and sell their own vr headsets now it's using um what i said snapdragon 820 is the soc in here they have uh pretty impressive like collections of data Right, that they'd have uh, the six degrees of freedom, left, right, up, down, forward, backward, uh, pitch, y'all, roll, etc. Um, they have the uh, uh, front-facing cameras, two front-facing cameras for augmented reality applications. Um, uh, they have integrated eye tracking, internal eye tracking, huh. oh, in the unit as well um, for foveated rendering techniques cool. and other type stuff that you'll be able to do. Um, so that that's that's kind of like a first where we've seen something implemented into a kind of announced product. Well, in that kind of a platform, you need to reduce the amount of processing you're trying to do. Correct. It's all mobile, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. You know, just focus on where your eyes pointed. Yep. Uh, it is. I had the information wrong first, but it is actually built on a f- uh, fourteen forty by fourteen forty per eye resolution Square. display. Okay. Uh, AMOLED. Strange, but. Yeah, it's AMOLED and it's only running at seventy hertz, which is a little. Yeah. I mean, Gear VR wonder. is like seventy hertz. I think I don't think it's ninety. Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, they say they want to have. It's, let's see, the, uh, for product and resale as early as Q4 of this year. So there's a chance you see something based on this platform. Um, by the holiday. And this is clearly kind of a response to the Gear VR, uh, but instead of slapping in a phone to a plastic housing mm-hmm. that has some additional sensors in it and that type of stuff, they basically have built the whole thing for that. And there's positives and negatives to that, right? Like you're kind of fixed into your hardware. Yep. But in reality, the Gear VR, you're kind of you're fixed into your hardware anyway because they kind of have been changing the headset a little bit each time. Yeah. Um, they do claim that they have a, an 18 millisecond motion to photon latency with the AMOLED screen and the 70 hertz refresh rate and all that type of stuff built into it, uh, which comes in under the 20 millisecond kind of uh, uh, Oculus kind of they talked about it in their development process. Everything has to be under 20 milliseconds. So yeah. they're, they, yeah. they, uh, Qualcomm claims that they're they're beating that as well. Just under. <laughs> yeah, just just under it. Um and, you know, we saw Intel's Project Alloy at IDF a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, right, which is another freestanding thing um, that's kind of competing directly against this. I'm very curious about these products. I Like, I, I'm i attached to the HTC Vive and to some degree the Oculus Rift, but they're all tethered to the super high performance components. Yeah. And these are not 
You'd have right, to see, this is essentially you, a you, slightly souped-up smartphone. You just have to see what it can do. Is really the only way to yeah. judge it. You know, and, and the content's going to you know the content's going to be created differently and uh, all that type of stuff. But the idea of being untethered is is awesome. Like that's what you want. Yeah, ideally. And these have front-facing cameras. You could imagine them doing the same thing that Intel is doing in terms of like hand tracking, uh, and then the eye tracking. So, stuff so when I'm cool wandering well. around my backyard, <laughs> yeah. can it help me avoid the dog poop that's back there? It should. Yeah, mm, I mean, it no. should be able to use it those should. front-facing cameras. Applications of AR. Maybe using. Yeah. Um, maybe using, maybe they can implement an infrared camera to look for warm poop. I just want like a nice, awesome HUD. It shows up and yeah. like puts little triangles yeah, around all the poop. Yeah, don't step here. Don't step here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I like, would definitely appreciate oh, yeah. landmines. Yeah, landmines. It's a new game. It's like you're playing Rainbow <laughs> Six on AR in your backyard. It's just dog poop. Oh, instead I'm playing uh, Minesweeper in my backyard. Oh. All yeah. right. One last thing. Uh, IBM prepares Power9 CPUs for servers and supercomputers. Hey, do you guys know IBM makes processors? It's going to change too? everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh, do you know anything about this project? Well, it's the next generation of Power Nine. It's it's based on some of the latest process technology. It's not ARM. It's not Spark. It's not x86. It's Power. Are they stand? Are they still doing like data transfers without a clock? Is that the whole like asynchronous? Are they is that, still? Is that what are they still all about was? that? It, that's what it was way back in the day when it was in Max and stuff. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, is that all your your data transfers within the system were all like, you know, as soon as the data as soon as the data gets there, there's like a sync. I was gonna say, how the hell is it know when there's a stuff sync? There's a sync signal that transitions from low to high or whatever. If it's active low, it could be that okay. whatever, right? But the idea is that you're not waiting on a clock. Like if the sure. data got there quicker, then it's there quicker. Like. It just it is it, it takes as long as it takes. Apparently, right? the high level improvements here are a five cycle shorter pipeline versus Power Eight, single instruction random number generator, hardware assisted garbage garbage collection for interpreted languages, aka crappy Java, garbage <laughs> Java, uh, new interrupt architecture, hundred twenty eight bit quad precision floating point and decimal mass support, uh, NV Link support, and hardware accelerators for encryption and compression. It's got like 120 megs of ED RAM, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. These chips are <laughs> huge. Yeah. Huge. Oh, and they're gorgeous, too. Huge. Like the size of, oh, that big picture, baby. Like the size of dinner plates, Josh, maybe? Not not quite that big, but they're still like 600 millimeters square. For, yeah. Yeah. Huh. NVLink 2.0 huh. to connect NVIDIA GPUs, uh, FPGAs, ASICs, other accelerators. Yep. I like looking at die shots. See, that's how we should have a rug yeah. made of that. That's exactly. a pretty cool. It's the, yeah. And put the that over transistor the, rug. It's like even a repeating pattern, like you might see on a rug. Yeah, like, I th- I, cool. it wouldn't surprise me if I saw this at a Lowe's or a. I'd Ikea. buy that rug. I'd buy that rug right now. <laughs> I would like to buy and that rug. If you plug it in, it'll actually do some of your work. <laughs> if, some, yeah. if anybody knows where I can get a custom rug. Why is this rug, rug made, so hot? Oh, sorry. We're overclocking it. That is. <laughs> Ah, we removed the heat spreader. Stitch to the exact <laughs> yeah. duplication Don't move of the, the table. Power, Power 9 SO die. Don't move the table. It's removing heat from the hotspots. Your table's upside down. No, no, no it's no. not. It's, it, just it's, a, it's, it's a heat spreader. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's the Power 9. If you're interested in that, Tim actually did a really good job on the write-up, so I'd encourage you to go uh, check yeah. that out uh, as well. So I guess uh, with, without further ado, we're getting to our hardware software picks of the week, and I guess I totally ruined mine. Uh, I went and had my iPhone screen repaired. Yes, you did. Because I dropped it on Monday. (laughs) While I was was in Virginia, I dropped it. 
It was in a case. Impeccable timing. In a case. It was in a case. In a case. Not like a life-proof case. Clearly not a life-proof case. It's actually a, a Tesla leather case. Yeah. But it hit on a it hit on a corner, and and uh, it probably hit on it just the whole just thing. hard enough that it probably pushed the pushed case, the, case it pushed the corner of the case back on you like probably as it but hit I the just ground. I was thinking I was hoping that would slow it down enough. Clearly, it <laughs> well, didn't. well, you know. Um, so they offer screen replacements <clears throat> at the Apple Store for one hundred twenty nine dollars with no Apple Care or anything. You just yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah, no, no Apple Care, none of that. Because if you do have Apple Care, it's like. It's less, supposedly. It's $30 no. it's the first no. two times. You have Apple Care Plus. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The $120 Apple upgrade. Apple Care, I think it's about 100 Oh. Apple Care yeah. Plus, it's 30 bucks for the first two, and then it's 100 bucks. Yeah, $30 for the first two, and then you got to pay full price. Uh, they reduce they it to 25 their target market. Yeah, supposedly. Their target market has cracked screens. So Ken, you were saying something about where they had, like, a automated system for I this? That's for the, like automated. That's for the laminated ones. That's for the ones where they would have to, like, the digitizer in the screen uh, or something was, you uh, know, yeah. not, not that this, generation. This was a 90-minute process. Yeah, that's probably you know, I dropped off my phone. He said, come back in an hour and a half. And I was like, what am I going to do for an hour and a half without my phone? Um, like and I then, had my iPad. In a and, then you knew, and then you knew that your phone was done before it was done. Yeah, actually, that's, that, was, that was interesting. So, first <laughs> off, let me just say, like, $129 is a lot of money for that. I know I could have done it myself cheaper, yeah. but it's nice to just. No, you're getting genuine parts. He just wanted it's to like go to a place part and like and, a place where they yeah. do it and just just finish just it. Just fix my thing. Just Warranty thing. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was sitting there. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, I was kind of you know I go over every 20 minutes. Hey, is my phone done? No. Hey, is my phone done? Hey, is my phone done? <laughs> uh, and I was sitting there and I was typing on the iPad. I think I was chatting in our Slack group. Um, and all of a sudden, um, like I, it, it took like three or four notifications for me to even realize what was happening. Right. Like I get a notification on my watch about some message, uh, that one of the guys was sending me in WhatsApp and I go, ha, yeah, that's good. And I go, I go <laughs> while yeah, still waiting go, on your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> this means my phone's on and I'm getting notifications on my watch. Oh, and I went over to the guys like, I think my phone's done. He's like, well, let me check. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's done. I'm getting notifications on my my watch they turn the phone back on it's like oh okay yeah i know it's ready so i'm so, calling your bluff buddy yeah it's got to be done now uh so that that was uh that was mine they did a good job you know they're friendly people there maybe too friendly to some um, people yeah you know i don't need people to clap when i buy a product you know that type of thing i do i know i know you do you need uh, i had like a really like, I need positive just, encouragement in my life <laughs> I've been lucky. Oh, you won't get it here, Ken. The, the few times right. that I've had to go and do like any kind of warranty thing there, I've been lucky because I always have like the most obscure, weird, oddball issue or something. Mm, weird. Like, weird. That's always like just this crazy like uh, it was like a what was the first iPhone with the Touch ID? Five S. Five S. Like I had a five S, and like only when it was cold, the touch sensor wouldn't work. <laughs> And they're like, how do you prove that to the guy in the Apple store? Like, it's cold. Like, can you put it in your fridge for like, you know? Yeah, but then they'll be like, sir, this is water damaged, you know? Because like, (laughs) and a paper towel. Yeah. So, but I was, I've been been lucky the few times I've had to do something like that. I'm like, look, this is what happens. I already did a DFU restore. Blah blah blah. I said all the right magic words, and they just kind of go, okay, and they just like. It's literally the guy said okay and went out back and like With the, ba- I, the thing that annoyed me about the battery is like 
That's obviously it an issue. It was at 89%. He, they did like a little diagnostic bullcrap yeah. on it. He's like, oh, your battery's coming back. It's 89%. And I, first of all, I was like, wow, that actually seems like a lot of battery degradation in 10 months. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, though. Since your phone is cutting out at 20 or 25%, yeah. that means that its diagnostic thing doesn't know the true endurance of the battery. Yep. It's underestimating mm. how bad the battery is. So oh, if you do that trick. That. Huh? It's not a trick. Well, whatever that reset. No, they said oh, there, there's no, like he a told special. Me I could recalibrate it oh, by how do you do that? Draining yeah. the battery all the way oh. down, plugging it in, and when the battery icon shows up, hold down the, the only two buttons that do anything on the device for like yeah. ten seconds. You'd see the you see the screen go off, and then the battery icon come back on. Let it charge up to 100. Yeah. percent That oh, supposedly resets it. Like I had no idea. He says it's what it is, but so the thing is that like in theory you would have to do that, then let it charge up all the way, and actually like use it a little bit, and then. It should re, you know, only then have can the, the phone again. know. Well, no, like then probably you wouldn't have the issue where it would cut out at twenty percent anymore. Right. But at the same time, now it would know that you were down to like eighty percent or whatever. Mm. See what I mean? Yeah. Like that number is the thing that's to me because you know, and, and and he said we only warranty it if it's within if, if the 80. battery is below eighty percent. Yeah. And uh, that was when he told me it kind of depends on what you have on your phone, and I was like, Yeah, no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> like, it there, depends on how you use your phone. Probably, if you drain it three times a day, yeah, and you charge it up three times a day, that's fine. And isn't there a way for me to see how many cycles the battery has? Uh, I think there are third-party apps that access that. Oh, yeah. is it okay? Yeah. I'll look for that while uh, while we do the rest of our, our. I think coconut battery might be one. Coconut I know that's battery, I know, I know that's battery. a long time one on Mac. Oh and I man, think Super Mario there's... runs for sale. No, let me tell you, this is all. <laughs> oh, no, notify me. Oh, okay. Is it seriously a notify? Wow, I've never seen that before. Neither it's the have first I. time they've done it. Wow, it's almost like Nintendo and Apple are getting together. Is or it something. just that's just an endless runner though? It's yeah, not endless. It has an endless? end. It has an end. Yeah, and it's discrete levels, so it's not really an endless oh. runner. All right, so that's mine. Uh, Jeremy, are you up next? Yep. What do you got? Oh, and I forgot to complain that uh, CDMA is not a thing with some of the iPhone 7s either, which some Weird. of my travelers are going yeah, to love. That was... We're trying to figure that out. We're not entirely so sure. So I think Don't some, phones, have to have it? some phones, antenna. Some phones have a, clearly two, the two phones have different modems. Yep. Okay, well, they've done that before. Yeah, but like the 6S, I don't think they did. They didn't. 6S no, and 6S Plus no, were because all it was a unified, the same thing, which yeah. made so yeah, much they're sense. They're quite happy. And apparently, and uh, I think like Pat Moore had sent a tweet about this, kind of alluding to it, that one of the iPhones uses an Intel modem. Maybe? Like probably. Not confirmed, if, but probably. If Pat's saying it, I believe him. Um, it's using an Intel modem, and so maybe mm. that's the one that doesn't support CDMA. But the other ones support everything. So why would you just not buy the everything one, I don't know. Intel's giving it to them cheaply. <laughs> it may be, yeah. And maybe those are the ones they're going to sell in like overseas markets that don't have, have don't have any uh, uh, CDMA networks at all or something. You know, I don't know. So we'll see. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the neatest things I have seen in quite a long time, which a lot of people are going to go and say that you're insane. This is just stupid as hell. Uh, is solid state discs floppy flash? <laughs> this is. Oh, my God. It plugs in with the old uh, floppy connector, the old ID 30-pin or, or, sorry, 26-pin or the 34-pin. Not even the floppy connector that most people here are used to before that one. You can adjust your data rates. 
because there's some that uh, if it's faster than 125 kilobits, I, I don't see this as oh, a floppy Lord. drive, and I'm not going to work. Yep. If you've got ancient infrastructure, the, the the one key machine that can't be turned off, and I'm looking at you, most of the power Mrs. plants Lilo. in America, you're uh, desperately trying to find flash drives, oh. and, or sorry, uh, floppy drives and floppy disks that still work. There's not too many people make them anymore. I think there's one guy who sells yeah, them. Like, what do they do? He them and sells them. So, so that thing has I'm a not 32, even joking about that. That thing has a 32 gigabyte capacity. Compact flash card. It, um, that you shove in there. And as far as the system's concerned, it sees the 1.44 or whatever it is you tell oh, what it wants okay. to see. Your phone and it's also got the NIC port. Because there are some old floppy drives that, that is actually how you interface it. It didn't want to talk to one that was directly in it because it needed to talk to about four or five separate machines at the same time. Interesting. Which meant that you had to have it plugged into some very arcane and old networks. This, this thing, thing emulates it all. And it just, I look at that and go, damn, that's impressive. Because there are some people that are going to desperately need this thing. When's the last time you've had a three and a half inch disc that worked? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I used to USB one a couple of years ago. Yeah, but you brute from USB, not always a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a choice. I'll so complain about thing? the battery issues in our post show. That'll be our post show discussion. Yeah. Uh, interesting, Jeremy. I never want to see floppy connectors again. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have to. <laughs> thank Ribbon you. cables. You thank can you, have floppy you, flash. You. Uh, all right, Josh. Me. You know, I, I talked about this earlier. I actually, five minutes after we started our show, I thought, you know, what do we need in the house? Well, my kids somehow destroyed the Xbox 360. Why get another one of those? We can get an S and play 4K Blu-ray. And so, yeah, two ninety nine. It's one of the less expensive 4K Blu-rays. Not the least but it's less expensive than others. Apparently good quality, comes with some games, and you can now play older Xbox 360 games on it now that they've yep. expanded the compatibility there. So, yeah, positive thing. 4K, Blu-ray. I like it. I could use it. He I like the better audio it. as well. He rubs it. He rubs it. Like Laserdisc audio? What? Yeah, the laser disc. Laser disc audio? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, all right. And last but not least, maybe least, we'll see. Alan? So, uh, remember, like, you might not remember. Probably not. I won't know if I but remember. Best way to remove it. odor from a space? Uh, remove all the oxygen. Uh, yes. Kind of. That will do it. Ozone. Use halon gas. Ozone. You oxidize all of the odor away in a space, right? So if you're trying to, like, you know, freshen up a bathroom or a car sure. that's been got a little moldy because it was sitting outside for too long, sure. moisture, you, whatever. Is there a problem you so, want to tell us about? I can't no, no, breathe those no. ozone, though. So here's the thing. It used to be, like, prohibitively expensive to have a thing that could generate enough ozone to actually do that. Okay. Like a like, lightning bolt. Like, Sharp Remage used to make a cheesy piece of crap that would plug into your cigarette lighter and claim that it was an ozone generator and it right. was just didn't do squat, right? Oh. But an actual, like, industrial grade one that can put out enough ozone to actually affect a change was can we super expensive. Fill the hole above the Arctic, Antarctic? The, 
well, if you ran enough of them for long enough, I, I guess. Don't I don't think mean, that's yeah. how that works, Alan, because it would cause a bigger hole because the Hey, you know, I had oh, oh, yeah, ionized yeah, yeah. air purifier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Ionized air purifier was fantastic. Yeah, my so. house smell fresh. Yes. Well, this thing Ooh. is shockingly cheap. This thing looks like it's going to blow up. No, it's just like. It's like it's a so, Geiger counter. So you can get what. Now, here's It's a really old time oscillator. Like, like eight or nine years ago, I looked into these, and they were like 500 bucks. Used in like, unoccupied space only. Yes. So Do I, I don't want to put this in my office. No. This is the thing where you put in a room, you close the room off for like a couple of hours. Okay. And then, like, it has a timer on it that only goes up to 120 minutes. Yeah, because right? O3 oxidizes all the things. Yeah. Including yeah. your tissues. Yeah, you need to make sure, like, you, you can't that have, like... That burning sensation is actually not in your mind. Yeah, yeah. So if you have, like, uh, leather chairs in the room and stuff, you have to remove <laughs> those because it'll actually, like, degrade leather and stuff like that. Like, it's that huh. much ozone, right? So it oh, yeah. it actually, like, completely, like... And it and it goes everywhere. It's just, like, it's in the whole space, right? It's like uh, it's like you're fumigating There's for, nothing in for this description that tells me that it's dangerous to my body. <laughs> so are you gonna just try it? Well, no. Look, you know, fire no. is oxidation. No, I will take which, your recommendation. You know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if I bought a thing that said, "Hey, this is an air purifier and deodorizer," I would think I can run that. Just right, I'm fine. going to go to bed I, and I, fire I that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does say on the top of it, caution: using unoccupied space only. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. It all. What it, if I only look at the back of it? I mean, but you can use it as a step. You know. Like anyway, unoccupied so, to what? Like no pets, no no insects. Well, you uh, can leave the insects if you don't like them. I mean, they'll probably yeah. kill insects. All right. Honestly, it's that when you when you first well, walk into a room, it's a free radical for God's sake. Maybe we're just yeah. going to oxidize everything. When you first walk into a room where this thing's been running for a couple hours, like it kind of hits you. Really? It's because like, yeah. there's no oxygen it's, in the room. Well, no, there's there's plenty of O3 <laughs> no, in the room. No, there's plenty of oxygen. It's just okay. You know what kind I of meant. oxygen? Breathable oxygen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Look up Actually, free radicals. Way too much oxygen. <laughs> free radicals. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, but so that's like damn cheap for a thing to just have handy. Like you know, they claim have, it covers four thousand square feet of space. I think you'd need to run it for more than 120 minutes in a row for it to do that. Which is one of the pet peeves people have on, like, the comments of the thing is, like, the timer only goes 120. So you'd have to, like, keep ducking into the room and, like, cranking it back up if you wanted to keep it running for more than that. But mm. for any, like, you know, for, like, a spare bedroom in your house or something, you're about to have, like, a uh, guest for the weekend and your your cat's been sleeping in and the you bedroom. you want to gas them out. You know, and you don't want, like, <laughs> pet smell in, in, like, your guest bedroom or something, right? This will just, like, it'll just smell like, like nothing. Like, it just, the smells are just gone. After, like, the, obviously, right after you walk in, it smells like ozone, but, you know, you air that out, and Once then there's the no odor. Once the finished, the O3 quickly converts back to O2. It does. That's the free radicals. <laughs> Are you talking about a terrorist organization? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's no. the free radicals. Take, take, take chemistry. I've heard free radicals in a lot of, like, BS health ads, so it just doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, it truly is free no, radicals. No, I mean, no, O3. no, no, no. <laughs> O3 has an electron shell that shifts back and forth between the three electrons. O2 is stable. O3 is not. So whenever O3 comes in contact with something else, if it can get an oxygen molecule, because that that third oxygen atom attaches to whatever you're doing or whatever else is there. Yep. 
So there, you know, that's that's the fifty cent, which then lecture. oxides oxidizes it because there's Oxi- that's why it's called Literally. oxidation. Literally oxidation. Could I run this in my living room if I'm asleep upstairs? Yes. Mm, Yes. If your AC's not going. (laughs) (laughs) Alan's going to (laughs) die. If the AC is not going. Because then it's going to circulate to the rest of your house. house. (laughs) Yeah, but then by the time it gets to the rest of your house, it's going to drop off that... However, ozone doesn't smell else. very pleasant. I think if it's traveling <laughs> through ducts, if you're tra- if it's traveling through ducts, like okay, if yes, you the ducts might be a little rusty after a while. What if I put one inside the duct? <sighs> Just run it twenty four yeah. hours. It will eventually so, eat its way through the duct. Another handy use of that is if uh, somebody had smoked in a car, mm-hmm. and you want to get rid of that smell, you basically just close that in the car for a couple hours, and then like, you know, smoke smells gone. Yeah. Okay. As long as you don't it have leather seats. Sounds interesting. All right. If there you, you have go. Leather seats. You don't want to do. Yeah, that. If you have leather seats, the, you need to like put a bunch of conditioner on them before you do that. See that? <laughs> it just seems like a death machine, now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, oh yeah. But nice. it's only seventy-seven bucks. I mean, don't. don't <laughs> That's a cheap death machine. That's a cheap death. Kevorkian ain't got nothing on that, man. I mean, don't be in the same room or the <laughs> same house as it. And don't leave you your have, pets. If you have a leather couch, <laughs> you can't do that. Anything that used to be alive, this is going to Alan's kill again. Alan's going to forget where the cat is one day. He won't be able to find one of the cats. Where's the cat? Uh, I left the death machine right. I'm he's sorry. going to find the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right, everybody. That is going to be it for the podcast this week again. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast. The URL you can find all the back episodes and all the other stuff. Uh, and a reminder, if you uh, uh, want to help contribute to the GoFundMe for my sister-in-law, Amy, um, uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. We'd really appreciate it. It is at pcper.com slash help Amy. You can enter that and uh, win an EVGA GTX 1080 graphics card while while doing something good. So we greatly appreciate that. That is going to be it for us. We'll see you next time.